0: G'day, and welcome back to the My Peak podcast, home of holistic
1: development. Thank you for joining us today here with Geordie Brown, the brown dog. How are you, legend? G'day, Cameron, and g'day to everyone listening today. Thank you very much for joining us. Today, we're going to be running through a bit of a My Peak update, letting everyone know what's been happening behind the scenes, what's been happening down at training, what's been happening in the mind of some of our athletes, what's been happening in the mind of some of our parents, and some very exciting upcoming podcast episodes
0: awesome where should we start with this brownie should we unveil some big news about the podcast moving forward i think we should so the podcast over the next well probably 20 or so episodes will take a bit of a change from just hearing geordie and i voices every week we've already done some and we've got some lined up and some ready to go with um, some episodes with some Big Bash players, some professional cricketers, not just Big Bash,
1: also international cricketers as well. Yeah, we've um, we've uh, called upon the network and uh, decided to reach out to a few of the players we've either played with or against or we've known growing up. And luckily enough, um, some of them have gone on to be quite successful cricketers. So in doing that, you learn a thing or two along the way that Cam and I haven't had the experience in. So we're reaching out to gain some more knowledge um, and to record a few episodes for you guys to listen to to pick up a few tips and tricks on what it takes to become a professional athlete
0: yeah absolutely and we also unpack what each player went through to get to where they are now so kind of their pathway to professional cricket and then also they reflect on what they would do differently there's this age old saying of if only i knew now what i knew then Mm, hindsight i like to call that i think i got that wrong too if only i knew then what i know now that's the saying so they give our young my peak athletes some advice that if they were in their shoes they would have done things slightly different and that's how my peak was created because if geordie and i were the age of our my peak athletes would be doing things differently to what we were when we were their age so it's good to hear different voices and voices that made it to the professional um, systems or are still progressing through professional systems to give their advice as well and let that be a lesson to our youngsters that they can implement into their training
1: or into their preparation or into their game yeah so for the next few weeks we're probably going to be releasing an episode or two a week so stay tuned cam and i are still going to release the ones that we do together and unpacked a few different topics and Uh, give you a few tips and tricks and updates on what's happening but there'll also be the professional athlete um, episodes coming out as well so make sure you click follow if you haven't followed us on instagram or um, spotify or apple music yet so you can get those updates regularly you don't want to miss out on those episodes should we announce our first episode yeah i think we should announce our first episode it's an exciting episode and uh one that's a little bit closer to the Maya Peak Center than you think. So our first episode dropping this Friday. Dropping this
0: Friday. So only a few days away is with Jordan Silk. Arguably,
1: or as Ricky Ponting stated, the best fielder in the world. Yeah, he's a gun fielder. <laughs> and I think anyone that's watched it will know that he's he's not just known for his athletic ability, but someone who uh, follows success around a lot, a good leader, a good human being, um, and someone that's... Definitely had their challenges through their professional career trying to find uh, his role and where he fits in certain sides. And now he's an absolute glue for the uh, Sydney Sixers and their su- success, and also now um, the captain of the uh, Tassie Tigers. So he was a fantastic episode and an absolute pleasure to sit down with Silky last week. And we're looking forward to everyone listening to the knowledge he spits at us over about half an hour.
0: Yeah, if you've been in our program for a while, you would have heard both or either Geordie and I mentioned Silky's name down at training is a guy that kind of optimizes what my peak is all about he's not necessarily the most flashy player doesn't clear the boundary from ball one or do the things that youngsters grow up aspiring to do with batting hand but he does everything else that goes with the game and that's why or how he's built his success little things like running between the wickets Mm. minimizing dot balls feeding the strike to a set batter at the other end building a innings finishing an innings off all these little things that well they're not little things they're huge things because that's why he's so successful and then off the back of that i'll take my statement back he does do things people love because everyone loved to take the catches or mm. the boundary rides that Silky does week in week out but we unpack how Silky's able to do that every time he fields so it's good to take a classic catch here or there but how do you take those catches or create those opportunities every time you play play cricket so really really excited to drop this episode I know Geordie and I took a lot out of it ourselves as players as coaches so so it's going to be great for you youngsters to listen and implement all these things that silky uh, spoke about in the episode as
1: players yeah. <laughs> gave me a chuckle <laughs> after i said that That was funny but no set an alarm for when you finish school guys are uh, on your way down to my peak on friday if you're in the uh, camel town crew pop that episode on you should be able to knock most of it out on your way down to training and we can have a chat about it when you get there
0: yeah just before we move on to the next part of our episode we've purposely kept the episodes with these guys to around the 40 minute mark mm-hmm. so I know personally someone that's a big consumer of podcasts. If a podcast pops up even if I'm interested in it, if it goes for an over, well, really an hour mark or an hour 20, hour and a half, it's just really hard to get through. So, we've kept the episodes to around that 40 minute 40 minute mark so everyone can punch it out in either one sitting or it could be just the trip to and from cricket training and you'll have it done and dusted.
1: All right, let's move on. We want to give you guys a little bit of an update Around where we're at this time of year, so obviously we have done our first bit of a slog uh, in the off season. We're about six, seven, eight weeks in now, and um, we've been doing obviously some very tough sessions for the athletes and also the parents that watch. We've been challenging our athletes very physically at the moment. Um, some of them are a little bit upset around some of the things we do, but that's okay. We know it's uh, going to be a great benefit to them come the season. So. We're about eight weeks in or seven weeks into our um, Saturday morning sessions, which are going really well. Um, the athletes that are coming down um, to the Saturday mornings are going leaps and bounds at the moment. The uh, Not just the physical attributes, but what they're doing mentally. Uh, they won't even realize until the season probably rolls around how much improvement they've um, been able to develop mentally coming down to these sessions there. Has been probably eight or nine very consistent athletes over the last five weeks And then probably two or three very consistent athletes over the entire time we've been down there There's only actually been one athlete that's come to every session Who is it? Have a guess Brownie Oh, it's Lee. It's Lee. Oh, it's Lee. Champion <laughs> Lee. He's an absolute weapon, and even um, even his old man Glenn's been jumping in and, and showing the boys how it's done too. So, well done, Lee. Um, definitely one of our more mentally tough athletes at the moment because he's putting the reps in. Doesn't just happen. Um, he's a very hard worker and loves to challenge himself physically, so congratulations to Lee if you're listening. I think that's where we can touch on first, so...
0: I know we sent a video out to a few of our athletes just the other day where a guy was talking about um, the neuroscience behind when you complete something very difficult Mm. and how once you complete uh, cross the finishing line and complete something that's really difficult, it makes it easier to complete harder things moving forward. So I think Lee is someone that jumps in and does it regardless anyway, but every time you're down at these sessions, and it doesn't even have to be at... The running track on a Saturday morning, it could be something you're doing in your own time or the normal My Peak sessions when we're out doing fitness. Mm. Every time you do actually um, tackle that mental, because it's a mental and a physical, but more so mental obstacle that crosses your mind almost every time you get to a certain point, if you can fight your way through that, push your way past where you were perhaps last session, then. Once you complete it, next time you turn up, either what you do again will f- feel a lot easier so you can do it quicker or you'll be able to push yourself further so you'll be able to complete more running, more squats, whatever activity we're doing on that particular day. So as soon as you give yourself an excuse or look for an excuse to think today, I'm not going to complete it because X, Y, or Z, then it has the same effect. Next time you come to either the same or particularly if it becomes harder, if you've given yourself the excuse or a excuse not to complete it before, you're very likely to find another excuse to not complete it again, or perhaps not complete it, or you do complete it, but not to a level where you could have completed it. So you might run and finish that run, but you
1: might've been able to do that 10, 20, or even if it's only 5% better. Mm. Yeah, I like what you're saying there, Cam. For me, it's all about not just obviously getting to a threshold where you know you can push past that next time It's about getting to your maximum threshold or as close to it each time So you're maximizing how far you can go the next time you come around So if you're someone that's never run five kilometers before if you go out and run 4ks You're probably only going to run 5ks the next time or if you push yourself really hard and get to that maximum fresh threshold of 5ks then you can push to six or seven next time we just had Uh, One of our older athletes is a good example. Riley, we've been pushing him really hard over the last eight weeks with his running. I think we've mentioned before. And he's someone that's never run uh, more than two or three Ks without stopping. We challenged him to do a 10 kilometer run. um, And when we challenged him, he thought there was no chance that he wouldn't be able to get across the finish line. But we assured him that he could do it. And sure enough, he was able to complete the 10K. And then only a couple of days later, he was out running another 10 kilometer run as well. Um, so it's, your threshold is, is much more and uh, you can go much further than what you usually think. Um, Cam and I are pretty well aware of what everyone's threshold is. We get to see you guys um, train once, twice, three times a week. Um, so there's a little bit of trust and sometimes it is going to hurt and you've got to push yourself there. But you've got to think about how much more quickly you're going to move forward and increase that threshold if you can push yourself to the limit each and every time you're out there training. Let's go back and touch on this idea of excuses. So,
0: Brownie, what happens when our athletes say they're out running even during one of our sessions, and they know that that, say it's a session where if you stop, that lap doesn't count. Mm. If you find an excuse, perhaps you've had a big day, you had soccer soccer gala day at school, perhaps you went for a run yesterday. Perhaps you just had a net session and some of the athletes haven't had a net session and you find a way to give yourself an excuse to get out of it. What does that do, not for you just in the moment there, but also moving forward?
1: What's, what comes to your mind? Uh, something that I was always taught and the reason why I tried to move away from excuses at a really young age was the standards that it sets going, going forward. And I think for me, you're always going to be able to find an excuse no matter what situation you're in whether it's you're feeling tired, feeling ill, someone else isn't giving 100%, or you know maybe you're feeling a little bit sore from the day before, you can always come up with something. Um, and I think if you can move away from finding any excuse, it's just going to, be, it's going to allow your mind to realize that you're just going to tackle it, and it's not done until it's complete. Wherever you give yourself an excuse every now and then, there's a standard set that, oh, well, I've done it before, I can probably get away with it again. And before you know it... Um, Two, three, or four little excuses over a year turns into twenty or thirty, and if you can cut those out, well, you're twenty or thirty percent better than what you would have been. So for me, it's just making sure you don't set yourself the standard of being able to come up with excuses because you'll always find one. The
0: advice I would give to this is, what what you're thinking is correct. You perhaps have had a big day. Perhaps you did um go for a run yesterday but instead of using it as an excuse what the elite mindset will do is use it as more of a drive as a motivation as a reason so in your mind instead of thinking i went for a run yesterday that means today's harder i can just stop here use it as i'm cooked today i started this session more fatigued than what i normally am but if i can get through this session then next session is going to be so much easier if i turn up fresh Or if I can push myself to this limit when I'm feeling this way, how am I going to feel come game day or come the start of the season when I'm completely fresh? If I can push through these things when things haven't gone my way, how good am I going to be when things do go my way? So look at it. What you're thinking can be correct, but if you use it as a reason to stop doing things and that's it's almost worse you might as well not do it at all so if you can use it as drive or motivation to think if i can get this done today how good am i going to be next week next month or think about that mindset over a period of 10 or 15
1: years time that's a really good point and i think just to finish that point there cam like being able to execute these things when there was an opportunity for an excuse or there was an opportunity to take a bit of an easier option. Don't underestimate the confidence you take on the back of completing these tasks. Um, we always touch on how great it is physically and mentally, but emotionally, what you can take away from completing these things when you really don't want to, or you are finding two or three excuses, is the confidence once once you're done, or you put yourself into a into a battle where you know there's a big challenge on the field, or you know there's a big moment happening in a game. If you can think back to these times where I've pushed myself through way worse mentally and physically, the confidence to get through that, um, it really compounds. And I think for me, when I was pushing myself um, physically in the gym, or whether it be on the track or wherever it might be, the confidence I got to take into a game was, was more so than I could ever do with my skills training. I actually remember anyone who's been around cricket for a while knows there's an unlucky number in cricket. Do you know what it is, Cam? 87? 87. And growing up, people used to put that in my mind, and I was always off it, because I was never much of a superstitious person. Anyway, as and time... you never got to 87. <laughs> <laughs> All the team might have been on 187 or 87. Yeah, really, did I get to 87. Anyway, um, and I found myself getting out a couple of times around, like, on this number, or the team was on this number, and I was frustrated with it, because I didn't believe in this superstition anyway... When Cam and I did one of our biggest challenges, which was the 100-kilometer row, I decided to do it on my 87th row. So I could say that I've defeated that number.
0: Is that right? Yeah. I didn't
1: even know that. So I thought, you know what? This this number's not going to defeat me. I'm going to defeat it. So I rode 100 kilometers on my 87th row. And um, that's just a little story where I, I take my confidence from my physical attributes or my physical training.
0: Well, that's a good, good point, too, because it's something that crosses my mind all the time, too. Even when I'm going for a run trying to plan out a saturday morning session for the youngsters and it gets to a point as always if you don't if you're doing a running session or a strength session or any physical session and you don't get to the point where you start to have a little bit of self doubt or question if you're going to get through it then you're not your session's not hard enough so every session you're going to get to a point where you think oh i need to slow down here or i need to give myself more rest or i need to stop that's the point where I actually go back and reflect on times where I was doing way harder, Mm. like things that were not even close to what I'm doing at that particular moment. And then that, like Brownie said, gives me the confidence and also a bit of motivation and desire to push through what I'm thinking then. And it only takes sometimes even a few more steps and your mind goes elsewhere and you don't even think about it again. Mm. So if you can push yourselves to these limits not only is it good for that time but you set um basically your you bring up your your, your level and where you're at and you never drop below that again once
1: you get past that stage if
0: that makes any sense
1: yeah so just to recap there we're really trying hard at the moment even though it is a difficult part of our training program being off season we're trying to push away our excuses find a reason to do it rather than not to do it And then off the back of that, take our confidence and continue to move our threshold up each session. And the next thing I want to talk about, Cam, is something that you're really enjoying at the moment. And it's that element of grit. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we are sort of just leaning into now. But when we talk about grit and our athletes, you know, moving away from excuses, if they're choosing grit, what to you does that look like?
0: Well, it's exactly what you just spoke. It's about... Um, giving yourself a reason to do something Mm. like i said earlier every time you do a session at some stage in your mind you're gonna think it hits a point where it becomes really hard and those that have grit are the ones that find a way to get through it and those that unfortunately don't have grit are the ones that don't get through it and they either stop or they slow down or like we said earlier they'll find an excuse um to not get something done so if you're someone that does display grit you're the person that when everyone else is slowing down you're actually speeding up Mm. and it's a funny example we go back to the only athlete that's turned up to every saturday morning session when everyone starts to slow down at those sessions it's lee who starts to actually run faster or across the finishing line faster than what he was then at the start of that session so Grit is a very important characteristic that anyone can do something when it's easy or when things are going their way or when they've had some uh, good performances in the past. But when things aren't going your way, how do you respond? And cricket's such a fickle game. Remember reading Shane Watson's book and Ricky Ponting only ever scored above 50 in 30% of his innings. So for the guy that's one of the best batters to ever play the game, if he's only ever Um, scoring, you know, not even one in three times, then for the rest of us out there that aren't quite as good as Ricky Ponting, it's going to be even harder to to achieve what we want to achieve week in, week out. So what's it like when things aren't going our way? And are we going to have the mental resilience to keep pushing through and making sure that we're doing what we need to do to try and increase our consistency and achieve those results that we
1: know that we can achieve if we do have that grit? Yeah, I think just to finish on grit, for me, the last thing I'll add to that is being able to choose to do things properly, even when it's difficult. There's speeding up and turning up and doing all those things, but it's about completing it properly, whether that's hugging the fence a little bit more or whether that's making sure the technique stays a little bit better or making sure your foot crosses a line when we're doing shuttles. It's about executing these things properly at a hundred percent doing the one percenters even when we're tired frustrated there's obstacles in the way it's having the integrity to finish something uh, with purpose well that's that's a great point because when
0: things start to go against you and or not even that when things start to get hard it's those that are willing to emphasize the little things even more importantly yeah when you start to get fatigued and like a good example is our strength session we did last week with both the Penrith and Cameltown people and you had to hold a plank or do dead bugs for almost two minutes. And those that sort of stopped or gave up just meant that they had to do it for another two minutes. So instead of having the grit and the, almost the courage to hold on for another 15 or 20 seconds, instead they chose to give in, but then as a result, you had to do it for another two minutes. So is it easier to do something and just hold on for another 10 or 15 seconds, or
1: do you want to give yourself a 10-second rest and have to do the whole set again? Yeah, and I just I want to touch on the inner voice too. So when you get, if you're an athlete or even a parent who's doing their own training, when you get to a point where it is difficult and you, it's time to sort of flick into that grip mode try and be aware of your inner voice. Try and figure out what it is you're saying to yourself that's either, either giving you the excuse to stop or giving you the motivation to keep going. And this is where the training element comes into it because if you don't have you know, as much grit as what you want yet, it's definitely a trainable skill. So when you start to feel that real pain kick in and you're ready to stop, try and have some awareness around your inner voice and what it's saying. Why is it giving you the excuse to stop or slow down or give up? And then start to tell yourself those things that would motivate you to keep going, the reason why or what you're going to get out of it or tell yourself that you're tougher than whatever challenge we're you know, putting in front of you. So challenge the athletes and the parents too. Next time you're doing some exercise or a really difficult challenge, when you get to that point where you need to turn your grid on, try and figure out what it is that you're talking to yourself about inside your mind. Absolutely. And before we move on, also I want to touch on there's plenty
0: of athletes that their grit in the last six to eight weeks has gone levels and levels above than what it was previously. So definitely, it's something that you do, like Bernie said, have to actually train and work on. But the only way to do that is to take yourself outside your comfort zone and get yourself to a stage where you have to rely on your grit to get through something. Because if things just stay comfortable, then you won't need any grit to get through it. So well done to those athletes. And there's plenty of them that are taking themselves outside their comfort zone and training how they can hold on, clench their teeth and get through something
1: physically, mentally and emotionally. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned comfort zone there, Cam, because we want to touch on one more thing before we take a bit of a 90-degree turn with this podcast. We'll quickly take it somewhere else in a second. But what we do want to mention is, even though we have had sort of seven or eight weeks of real difficult, high-intense off-season training, it's important now that we continue to build momentum and not get complacent and not continue to look to go outside our comfort zone. This is you know, a part where you can go leaps and bounds in front of others and, and really find a way to maximize your off-season potential and training, making sure that there is no complacency that, oh, yeah, I have turned up to every morning session. I can probably afford to miss one or two now or... You know, yeah, I've been putting in hard every time I run a 400 down at training and I'm winning all those reps anyway. I could probably back off a little bit, but now's not the time to do that. If you can find it in yourself to flick on that, that grid of motion and, and just go up another level, another 5 another 10%, now is a really important time to keep pushing your threshold and, and continue to get uncomfortable down at training. Yeah, and even on the
0: flip side of that, even if you are turning up to every session, Because it's been going on for a little while now, eight, ten weeks can start to make you feel like you can just turn up and think that's job done and kind of go through the motions, tick boxes, complete laps, complete reps, and get out of there thinking that you've done everything you need to do. But turning up with purpose is a whole different level of turning up. Turning up with the purpose to get the best out of every session, to push yourself like Brownie said, outside your comfort zone and take your game to the next level. Win every lap. Don't be last on every lap. Complete two extra reps after Mm. the last person's back. Keep running past the line. Take three steps past the line. Just little things that your mindset shift from doing something with purpose to just doing something can play a big role. And that, that also plays a big role in like we touched on earlier and avoiding your mind going to excuses because your mindset is so set on um, doing things for a reason that you'll never find an excuse because you're doing things with another reason other than just completing the rep for uh, for your own satisfaction or for feedback from a coach or another athlete or your parents or whatnot
1: but doing it for a much more powerful reason yeah close enough definitely isn't good enough at this time of the year and um you know there is a power in one more and and cam's hitting the nail on the head there you know whether it's going past the line by a couple of steps or doing another rep after we call time or kicking up a gear the last 100 meters those little moments there are what separates the the good from the elite um so yeah don't be afraid when you think the finish line's near how much further can you go so We'll just take a quick 90-degree turn here. We've had some good questions come in from a few of our parents lately around some topics uh, we should just touch on. Um, So one of the things we've been asked is how should our athletes or how should uh, athletes in general behave on game day? And I think there's a little bit of um, subjectiveness to this question, Um, and it's also sort of um, determined a little bit by the family, a little bit by the coach, also a little bit by maybe a program that the uh, athletes involved in but I think it's really important that um, any coach uh, if you're sort of playing in a maybe a rep team set some expectations around behavior and if it's a club team or sort of like a club uh, or winter cricket association maybe maybe parents can have a chat with with parents around setting expectations or trying to identify a few values to follow Um, something that Cam and I are speaking about doing at my peak here is coming up with some characteristics and what those behaviors look like so when away from my peak we can still represent what it means to be a part of the program so for me in terms of values and expectation if uh, the coach isn't coming up with them maybe sit down with your athlete and come up with you know an open conversation show trust in the athlete though they should know how to behave they're all really really good kids and ask them what do you think Um, is the best way to conduct yourself in a situation like this and and give them a couple of different situations some under pressure some not under pressure see where their mind goes and when they're in a calm comfortable space with an open conversation uh, they should be able to come up some really good answers and then it's just about keeping them accountable obviously you know kindly their kids are going to make mistakes um, around those behaviours that they come up with it's it's important they come up with them with you rather than you just dictating the behaviour and then expecting them to follow um, those actions
0: yeah I think that's a good element to build on there is having a bit of trust as well and big picture like everyone's going to make a few small or not doesn't have to be small either but everyone's going to make some mistakes here and there but if you can trust them that they have the right intentions mm. that they are doing things for a reason. And then if things do go wrong here and there, they might make a mistake with how they communicate. They might get a bit emotional because it's in the heat of the battle during a game. They might, you know, they might have been bowling really well. And then the captain or the coach makes a change and they thought that they should have kept bowling the next over. They might not make the best decision at that time, but then a little reflection and talk about what you can do next time in that situation can be a good way to learn just to avoid that situation happening again. But you need to have the trust in your athlete to ensure that that actually can happen.
1: Yeah, and uh, that sort of really good cam that touches on our next point is how to communicate when you sort of disagree with things that are happening in your team so how should an athlete communicate when they're frustrated or how should they approach someone when they completely disagree with maybe a decision that was made on or off the field and i think this is a tough one because sometimes you know you might be talking about a situation on who to bowl whether it's you or not and you have to quickly voice your opinion so you can either get the ball or pass it on to someone else or a specific fielding position and you do need to have that conversation quickly but I think if any time one of our athletes are dis- disagreeing with the coach I think these things are best spoken about either away from the game so with no with, like with limited emotion not you know while you're high on your emotions and either really frustrated or really excited or whatever it might be and try and do it one on one or you and your parent or parent and athlete I don't think it's good trying to put any sort of coach on show in front of three or four other other athletes there trying to voice your opinion on why you think what they're doing is wrong or incorrect so i think for me when you disagree with something it's respectfully with the values or the expectations you set with your athlete pulling them aside pulling the coach aside and just voicing your opinion and and you know you've got to be happy as an athlete to cop whatever answer they give if you're going to ask them why are you doing this and they might say look mate i just don't think you are up for it today or I just don't think your ability suits that situation of the the game you've got to be happy to take whatever um, advice, criticism or you know, whether it's positive or negative um, that the coach passes on to you and uh, I think it's always good to seek answers if you're unsure um, but just make sure that you're sort of being accepting of what the coach wants to communicate back to you as well
0: yeah and going on, that's great advice exactly what I would say too, do there's always a time and a place and you can also relate coached a captain there too if a captain makes a situ uh, makes a situational call you have to trust them in that situation after the game you can then have a one-on-one conversation did you think of this did you think of that but i think the other thing to touch on too is again what i touched on earlier is intention so if your intention is to give yourself more opportunity then that's where your answer lies because the captain or the coach is more often than not thinking about what the team needs. So if what you're thinking about is what you as an individual needs, then you need to put your team above your individual needs. So if next time you're in that situation, maybe even think why why is the coach or why is the captain trying to do what they're doing? If you can't figure that out, then that's when you can have your conversation one-on-one or away from
1: training or after the game at the end of the day yeah and i think just one final point there is to make sure that athletes you are aware of your body language during these conversations particularly even when you're not communicating for example on the field it can be very obvious what an athlete's thinking when they felt like they should have bowled or whether they felt like you know when someone's dropped a catch off their bowling the body language is super super important Um, when making sure that we're following our values or our characteristics or our expectations of behavior. Um, Because even though you might be biting your tongue with your head down and your foot kicking the ground, it it doesn't quite uh, reflect well. So just be careful and and try and be aware and and parents keep an eye out and just communicate with your athletes about their body language, remembering that mistakes are going to happen. And it's just about um, creating a safe environment for the kids to learn from the mistakes we're not getting frustrated or angry at them when they do something um, you know poorly or they move away from their values for a second it's just about keeping them accountable and, and putting in some processes to be better next time
0: body language is so important in that it? it's something i always say is your body language is just the way that you tell the opposition or tell anyone what's going on in your mind so be very conscious and very aware of what what your body is doing without you even knowing about it. And often your body language can actually be even more important than your words. You might be saying something, but if your body's telling another story, then that's probably the underlying thing going through your mind and your words are trying to get you out of a situation or avoid a situation. But if your body language isn't replicating than that, then
1: that's what the person or the coach or the captain's going to see. All right, crew, well, that probably brings... This episode to an end but we've got some exciting episodes still coming this week like we mentioned jordan silk will be on the podcast this friday make sure you're ready for that episode to drop if you're new to the podcast and you're listening to cam and i thinking this program that the boys are talking about sounds like a community i want to be involved in don't be afraid to reach out to us Uh, dm us on instagram's a great way or if you're a parent you can head over to our website and inquire there Uh, We'd love to have you a part of the My Peak program, taking your athlete to a new level both on and off the field.
0: Yeah, the last thing just before we let you go and next time you'll be listening to us will be with Silky, is just be really uh, thorough with how you listen to the podcast moving forward. So we're about to get some very good cricketers on the podcast to share their experiences like we touched on. But yes, they will be enjoying to listen to and there'll be some good stories there that you can relate to but also think how can that apply to you how can that apply to you as a person as an athlete and as a cricketer and what can you take away from these episodes that you can actually practically apply to your own own game that will ultimately either improve you grow you get you further or also make you enjoy the game that we all love so much well done cam great episode brother all right we'll catch you next time on the on the podcast when jordan silk returns us from the sydney sixes